generate is supporting my vision to improve the financial literacy of 100,000 Kiwis by sponsoring Keep the Change. Cheers, Generate. Head to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to find out more. Getting in the KiwiSaver fund that suits you and your situation is key to making sure you're maximising your investment. Generate are an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of long-term performance and they can help you do exactly this. Their advisors can meet with you to talk about all your options when it comes to KiwiSaver to help you decide what's best for you. Too many people never get KiwiSaver advice, but not you. Go to generatekiwisaver.co.nz forward slash change to book a no-obligation chat with a Generate advisor. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited. And of course, past performance does not guarantee future returns. Welcome and you are listening to another episode of KeepTheChange.co.nz's Money Mail. You might hear the change of tone in my voice, and that is because I've had an operation. No, I haven't. A little bit sick, actually. Fuck. How much does being sick suck? How much is the true wealth of life in actually being healthy? I think a lot. But here we are. I'm away next week for a few days, so I am going to be slammed when I get back, as usually the case, and I... Yeah, had a little moment in time where I'm like, okay, I can do this podcast, but I'm slightly uh, under the weather. But hopefully you um, yeah, can persevere with me and it's not too bad. Chuck on a little bang and tune there to get us going. After a couple of coffees as well, I've just made a video too. I think sometimes, you know, I'm not an advocate for um, you know pushing yourself when you're, when you're sick. But you, know, you need a rest, but also like I'm not real sick, I'm just a little bit not 100% and I can still do things but I just can't really you know I might lose a bit of creativity or whatever but um, I think when you get into business as well you sort of you, you lose your sick days you lose your annual leave all of that stuff as much as you, you should like you shouldn't and you can then build a business where you don't and you have the freedom to do what you need to be able to do um, you kind of learn as well like oh shit I wasn't actually um, you, you, I feel like you, you don't get sick as much. Well, I hope so anyway. That's sort of what I've noticed with a number of people in, in my last five years of, of getting into self-employment is that people are like, oh, yeah, I just kind of carry on, um, but I, I'm not real sick. But I think when you stop and you get sick and then you let yourself be more sick, um, it makes it even worse. But that's maybe just a theory of mine, and someone would probably be like, that's a ridiculous thing to be telling people. So apologies if that highly offends someone, because uh, I know we're going the other way as a society now where we're like, you should work less than you, um, you know, rest or whatever and you should be taking every single second off that you feel ill or whatever but um you know unfortunately that doesn't always work and our goals and our things that we want to achieve um you've still got to chip away at them so again I'm not saying just push yourself until you 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 burnt out and all that sort of shit I'm just saying learn more about yourself and what you can do and what you can't do and I know that in this moment I can actually roll through and create this podcast still um and get it out to you the and, and what I was going to say too is the part of the reason telling you this is that I've got uh, a lot on my plate at the moment and what has helped me when I get really busy and I don't know if this will help any of you but hopefully and hence the reason for telling you is that and I think I've tried to explain it before I sort of look at my life in seasons so I, everything's in my calendar and shit and I'll see 
fuck, okay, we're about to sprint, you know, there's heaps on, cool, like, let's just get him for the sprint, and we know that the sprint eventually ends, and we can get back to, to the jogging pace, or the, the nice, consistent progress of, of running a marathon at that sort of pace, because life's a marathon, right, a never-ending marathon, but every now and then, you're sort of forced to, hey, hey, we've got to pick the tempo up, and then you, and you revert back to what your sort of level is that you can go to, and hence the song Levels, and you've got to figure out what your levels are. Can you sprint all the time and you can handle way more than other people? Um, or maybe you can't and maybe you just, you know, you sort of just chill and that's your vibe and whatnot. But that's what I'm always being on about. Learn about yourself. Learn about yourself. Like, learn about your body. Learn about how you do things. Learn about when you're too tired and you need to rest. Learn about when you get sick, what you're doing. Like, learn what you can handle. And I, um, what I've learned through my journey uh, is that humans are capable of so much more than what we think we are and... You, know, you would have seen the video I made the other day about how 40% of the year where we get it off. But, and then people are still like, that's not enough. You know, that's ridiculous. It should be 50-50 or whatever. You're just like, okay, you know. So we're going the other way where it's like, do less, do less, do less. And hey, that's all good for some people. But for some people, you might be like, oh, I don't really want to do that. Like, I don't want to sit around and do fuck all. I hate that. Um, but, you know, everyone's different. And so learn what sort of levels you're on and then what's possible for you. Because I think... If we keep telling everyone like, oh, like, slow down and you're going to burn out and like, oh, you don't need to be doing all those things and whatnot, there's always people that are like, but I, but I can do all these things, so why wouldn't I? You know, why wouldn't I have a, a hectic schedule? And I look at some of the things that my clients do and think, fuck, that's a, you know, I thought my schedule was pretty busy, but that's, that is grunty. And when you start throwing in travel and all those different types of things, you start to lose time um, to, to moving around and whatnot, and it can become an efficiency. You've got to then figure out, okay, how do I make that travel time more efficient, and i.e. listening to podcasts and things like that. So we've we got such an awesome advantage in this day and age of what we can actually do in 24 hours of our life now. Um, so, you know, use some time to think about how you're maximizing your day, your weekends, your year, and just get the most out of them so you can live the best life that you want to in a life that you're least or less likely to regret. Now, with that 5 minutes, 30 seconds spiel out of the way, thank you uh, for being here. And this week, we're going to talk about a finance up for our children. And some of you will be like, I don't have kids, including myself. But I still think this is really important, and I still think you could learn something, because I've got some cool stories here. There's a finance app out here for our children. It's starting to get a bit of traction. And last week, I was speaking with a client about the app, and their children can use it to learn more about money. And I had recently been reading about this online and thought I needed to do a money mail about this at some stage, but I hadn't spoken to anyone who's used it. But then I found my client who was using it and she said, hey, Luke, you should do a money mail about this. I thought, you bloody ripper. I said, tell me more. So I sort of interviewed her and then that shaped this uh, money mail. So this app is called Square One and that's one word, Square One. They don't know that I'm writing this or that I'm doing this podcast, so it's not like I'm promoting their shit. Um, and I haven't used it, so you know, always be careful and look at prices and stuff like that. Do your own due diligence. But I've had a number of messages been like, "This is fantastic," and I think they might have got funding from Mastercard to get this thing rolling early on. But other than that, I don't really know too much more about it or the people. And yeah, so they don't know that I'm writing this and I'm doing this, but I'm always keen to highlight technology and things and solutions that are helping bridge the gap between financial literacy and illiteracy. The app is pretty epic. I'll let my client get uh, it, it let my client get a debit card for their child and put money on it. 
Now that sounds a little too simple, doesn't it? Because you think, well, I'll just go and get a bloody debit card myself and give it to young bloody Harry to use. But this is where it gets exciting. To get dollars on the card, the child can earn based on doing tasks around the house. Throwback to your pocket money days and unloading the dishwasher for 50 cents. For me, it was sweeping out the garage for a bloody green apple, I think it was. Each task can have an amount of money allocated to it so that once the task is completed, the money goes from mum or dad's Square One account onto the child's Square One card for spending. From here, mum and dad can set restrictions on the amount that their child can spend at specific stores so that they don't blow all of their cash at the local dairy on sherbet and then get really upset that they can't go to a movie with their friends. Now, I put that in there like jokingly, but that is literally what my client was telling me. They said that how, why this has been so good for them is that with their daughter, they gave her, let's say it was 20 bucks, and said, hey, you know, you can go to the movies, you can do all these things. And she went out with her friends and they went to the like pick and mix store to start with at the supermarket, I think it was. And, you know, you think like, oh, a few lollies, this one, this one. And they created this giant bag of lollies, of candy. And they went to pay for it, and I think it was, you know, blew like $18 of her cash. And so then when they went to the movie, she was like, fuck, I can't go. So she'd sort of tried to get some of her friends some lollies and be like, I'll do this. But, you know, when you're younger, you, you forget that you don't really know what things cost. But these days, you have to start learning that as you get older. And, I, I mean, I started to think about that. I thought, wow, I don't even really, you know, how do you learn the concept of, of money and then of, of what money's worth? And I thought, fuck, I'm going to have to go back and figure out, like, how I started doing that. I guess it's sort of what Lenny was talking about on the podcast a while ago where he was saying that he saw his older siblings making money and then they could have things that their family couldn't afford and he thought, fuck me, give me a job. You know, I want a job so that I can get some cash and I can buy Coke and different things like that. So this this poor girl, this daughter, she came home and she was really upset and she was really upset with herself and disappointed because I think she sort of thought with her mum, she was like, I, I should have known that I couldn't have brought all of those lollies but I couldn't put them back and so then I couldn't go with my friends to the movie and she was really upset and um, she was really like, beating herself up about it and so my client was saying now I can set restrictions to sort of teach you like okay well you know um, it might be pick and mix or whatever store or new market or the you know the, those ice cream stores are so fancy these days you go there and you get one scoop and put two fucking gummy bears on the tops and they're like oh would you like sprinkles with that yeah uh, put a few extra sprinkles on okay that's $86.43 yeah thanks for coming you're like oh my god look at this amazing ice cream I've created I'm like what the fuck is this like why is this $13 um, but that's what you could do, you could set restrictions and be like, cool, if you were going to go to bloody Kiwio or whatever, those Moven Pick or whoever, you're, res- you're restricted to $5 or $6 or whatever. So you can't actually buy um, beyond what the restrictions are. So that's then going to stop kids blowing out, you know, going to farmers and spending 50 bucks when they're only supposed to spend 20 because they were supposed to be buying some, um, some I was going to say stocks, Jesus, tone it down. They're not investing yet, but maybe. Um, buying some socks, not stocks. I've got bloody stocks on the brain, don't I? Not socks. And putting some of those restrictions in place. So there's a, there's a lot that you can do with this. And I said, well, what, like I said, does your girl have a device? And she said, yeah, yeah, because she's a bit older. So, you know, her child's got her own device. So they can then download and log into Square One themselves. Or um, they can access it from your device so they can log in and they can see, okay, like I've, you know, they tick off the tasks I've done these and they can see the money moving over. Or once the parent approves it, like, yeah, you did do these, the money moves over from um, the parent's account to the child's account. And I guess if you think about it, we're, we're quite clearly moving towards a more cashless society. And this tool allows parents to teach their children about money and have some of the conversations that are needed to get kids thinking too around like, hey, we don't want to be blowing all of our cash down there at Farmers on Socks when you could probably get some of those for Christmas from your auntie and uncle. So what, what else do you want to do with your cash? 
The app also allows kids to save, and I think it's called Pockets as well, so that you can start to teach them about saving and allocating money to different things that they may want in their lives. Maybe it's a pair of socks, or maybe it's saving for Christmas presents or uh, whatever it is that, that kids are saving for these days. I'm sure there's, just like you and I, there's things that they want, and then it's a good way to teach them about, oh, okay, so you want to buy a car or you want to buy um, you know, a ticket to a concert or whatever, that's what that costs, so then you're going to have to figure out how to put some of your pocket money aside to allow you to achieve that. I think for me, I'd always, when we go away as a family, I'd always want to buy, uh, get the old New World coupon book out, throwback, and bloody, you know, I want to buy a couple of Pascal bags uh, of Fruit Burst or something, and milkshakes, I believe, and take those with me, so that's what I'd sort of save up for. Um, so, yeah, very simple life. I might have had a problem with sugar back in the day, maybe, just thinking about it, but I'll maybe explore that with a counsellor. Let's carry on with this lesson. Now, this will help, I think, speed up children's understanding of the value of money when comparing their savings to certain goods that they may desire to have one day, just like you and I, right? The app has a safeguard in place, but you can't. Uh, they don't have names or numbers on the cards as a fraud deterrent, and you can temporarily lock and unlock the child's card as well, and R18 merchants are blocked as well. So if you want to check it out, it's getsquare1.app. But if you search Square One, I think there's a couple of news articles and there is their, their website and then you can download the app. And I've had a number of people tell me that it is, um, yeah, but re- really good. So taking it back to the home front team, been a pretty exciting week. I've ended up in a news article from One News around some Kiwis turning to TikTok for financial advice and a couple of quotes from me. Kimmy's told One News he got a lot of engagement on the app with one video about unclaimed money getting more than half a million views. I think people are learning a lot, which is cool, and I genuinely believe that. Kiwis, uh, Kimmy's, fuck, people say my last name is Kiwi sometimes too. Kiwis said that there's no way for TikTok users to know his content is legitimate unless they dig deeper and research him. Because one of the questions was like, how do you, how do people know that you're legit? And I was like, fuck, I don't know. I hadn't even really thought about it. It's like, just, you know, probably because hopefully I'm adding enough value that people think, oh, this dude sort of makes sense. But then I thought, oh, maybe I need to change my bio to actually have accountant in there because, you know, not people don't know who I am. So, um, who knows, you know, there's always people that are going to be sceptical of me, and, you know, I'm not always going to get everything right too, but I come from a place of wanting to care uh, for people and help people and share some of the lessons that I've had. But I think that, um, I said, I think that people are pretty good these days at digging in, digging in and saying, uh, is this person full of shit or are they not? Uh, there's a lot of confusing information out there for people, but I feel like young people are quite good at what could be a scam and, and figuring that out and what might not be. Um I get the impression that with this article, they're trying to take a bit of a negative angle of, oh, people are getting their advice on social media and that's bad. But I don't know what's driving that. Like, has there been some scams or some shit that people have been caught up in? Like, maybe I'm a little bit out of the loop because I'm sort of so far the other way trying to give people valuable information and practical stuff and not, like, just rip people off or fucking scam people or get rich quick shit. So I don't really then get that content in my in front of me or understand what's going on. Um, I understand there's a bit of a narrative, I think, is popping up. A couple of people have asked me about so I wonder if this is it around um, multi-level marketing, I think it's called, like MLM stuff, where people are using social media to blow that up and try and recruit people to be a part of it. And um, I should probably do a podcast on that because I've got some thoughts on it. And, and some of them are like, I like MLM stuff. And then the other part is what I don't like about it. And it's just one of those things where maybe that's the vehicle you need to get started to go, huh, okay, like this is different. I need to learn some new skills to do this. And then you realize like, fuck this. Like I don't want to be a part of this. I could be doing this with my own good or service or build my own business. Why do I need to be part of this, you know, system uh, of, of business? And, you know, people will rip out my, a multi-level marketing. I think, yeah, it's not good when it takes advantage of people, but 
a kind of it's quite similar to having a franchise. You know, for people think, oh, I've got a business, I've got a franchise. Well, you've kind of just brought a job because you're pretty restricted in how you can run that. And a lot of businesses, people get into business for freedom, but then a franchise doesn't really give you freedom. So we don't have many clients that have franchises because I don't think we put out the sort of content that gets franchise type owners to want to work with us because that's a different breed of business owner but not to say that they can't work and they do like work really well in certain spaces uh, and sectors but um, yeah I, I, the MLM brand in New Zealand multi-level marketing stuff is is you know widely sort of looked at and tarnished as it'll be some form of scam uh, but I've looked into a couple of them and can kind of see how these things can work and can see how people go like cool this is this is a way to get me started but yeah, maybe the stories about that because then I, I had to go to One News and do a couple of video, well, a couple like a quotes for video for a video version of this uh, this article, and they had like way more intense questions I couldn't really dodge. Like, uh, you know, what red flags should people be looking out for on social media? I'm like, fuck, I don't know. I haven't been thinking about this. I'm like, what the fuck has this got to do with uh, what I do? Uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see how the the video version of that comes out, but. I mean, I think even if it is from a negative angle, yes, we should all be looking out for and being careful of what um, you know what we're doing online and where we're clicking and who we're trusting and stuff like that. But you know, study people and try and learn from everybody and look at everything from an open mind and be skeptical and but be greedy but be fearful. Like choose which one you want to be and just go okay. And you know, I guess I'm very lucky in that I've got a wide network, so I can go and ask people. Hey, you know. Like, is, you know, as an example, this Get Square One, imagine if this was a fucking giant scam, and, like, how do I know that it's not? And these people aren't just trying to get, like, a whole big database appearance, and, um, and I don't know, they got an ulterior motive with that, and then I might talk to a client, they're like, okay, it's really good, I'm like, okay, there's a couple of news articles, I've got to go figure out, is this shit legit, before I'm just like, hey, guys, you should check this app out, like, this looks amazing, because I don't know these dudes that built this, and I don't know what their values are and stuff, so there's always a risk of everything you're going to do online, but we've individually got to figure out where... Uh, we draw the line and we're then we also take responsibility of what things we're consuming and what things we're trusting. Um, and I joked about this with a client this week and I was so tempted to say this in the one news story, like for years we all think like banks are so trusting. Yeah, cool, but banks don't usually fucking solve problems, do they? They they give you more of the problem you've already got to extend the runway. And same with now, buy now, pay later, you know, and people think, oh, they're so, they're so good and they're so trustworthy and they're these big brands and stuff. And like, yes, they, they're profitable businesses and they have to work within frameworks and regulations. But you go to a bank and say, oh, I've run out of money. They're like, would you like an overdraft? Oh, of course I would. What is the rate for that? 19%? Yeah, I mean, that's fine. I, I shouldn't really need it. Well, like, okay, well, why have you run out of money? What's going on here? Like, these banks don't do that, do they? They're not like, okay, let's figure out how we can help you. You know, let's figure out how... We can ensure that you don't end up in this position again. It's like, oh, yeah, well, why don't you get one of our credit cards? Uh, they're actually interest-free for the first 40 days. Or, uh, oh, you can't afford these things. Why don't you use Buy Now, Pay Later, and you can pay it off over the next four installments? Oh, my God, it's such a good solution. Like, why can't you afford the fucking thing you're trying to buy? Why do you need to pay it off in four installments? Bizarre. So, yeah. Anyway, where was I going with that? Not really sure, but we'll be interested to see how this article comes out. And I just think, overall, it's awesome that a number of people who are really into learning and are thinking about learning about their finances. It's becoming increasingly important, and more people have woken up to that. I came up here this morning to record a video about how inflation's been here for 18 months, and some people are still going on about how it's a global problem. It's like, fuck, who cares? Whose fucking problem it is? It's your problem. It's my problem. Like, what can we do about it? 
I don't really care. It's like, oh, there's a rat in the kitchen. Oh, we'll stand around and figure out why it's in here and fucking who, who got it in here and who we should blame. Get the fucking rat out of the kitchen, you know? Um, but that's not how people think these days. They're just like, oh, I want to give my opinion of, you know, why this isn't actually that big of a problem. Uh, okay, cool, sweet. Um, I'll tell you, it is a problem because I scooted up here straight up Queen Street on a Saturday morning and I've never seen so many security guards out the front of very basic stores. Michael Hill Jeweler, for instance. Like, seriously? Michael Hill Jeweler. Okay, they've got some jewellery, but shit, it ain't Gucci or bloody the high-end stuff. It's just everyday stuff. But now we have to have a security guard out the front of there and there's different, like, shoe stores and stuff. I'm thinking, is this where we've got to? Like, this is bad, okay? Might be a global problem, but it's a fucking problem here too. And these people are having to work there Saturday to protect... General, uh, pop, the general public and to give people confidence that they can actually go into that store because there's some level of security there, you know? And this is the problem that happens with inflation and things like that and the, and the ugly side of it. So I don't really care whose fault it is. It's like, we've got it, let's deal with it. But I know some of you, know, you guys want to think like that and you want to learn like that, but a lot of people just don't and they'll want to just keep talking about shit and we're going to get another year down the track and probably have still 3% inflation above our target of 1% to 3%. And we're going to be able to look back and go, that was two and a half years that inflation was higher than what we accept as a good level of inflation in New Zealand. And still, people want to talk about like, oh, well, at least it's not 7% anymore. Or it's, oh, well, it's like that across the world. Like, Jesus. Maybe I'm too hardwired to try and find solutions. But anyway, not you. You, you are the same, hopefully. You're, you're looking for solutions and trying to help yourself and your family as well because I don't think, you know, there's, uh, it's, there's no one coming to, to save us. We've got to figure out how we can do some of these things for ourselves. And when we start to get more in control of them, life, I reckon, starts to get a little bit easier. Anyway, uh, back to TikTok. And I've been a little bit lazy getting onto TikTok because I sort of was like, oh, I'm not another platform that I've got to learn. So a bit slow to jump in there. But I've actually learned a lot since um, posting content over the last couple of months and yeah, thanks for all of you who have engaged in the reels and stuff like that. It's forced, well, not forced me, but it's kind of encouraged me to start doing some the reels and posting them on Instagram too, which you know you guys have thought have been handy. Um, and you know, I think it's if you've got a valuable message to share, then have a look at TikTok and see if you can become a producer on there rather than a consumer, because it is very consumption heavy, very fast. Uh, but can you use it? rather than the platform using you, which is something I always talk about. You're part of 6,200 6, recipients. Is there someone you can forward this to? Or if you please put this on your story, it would mean a lot to me. Or give me a five-star review on the old uh, Spotify there because some people have said, um, they're reading these emails. This guy emailed me during the week. He's like, bro, I've been reading your email for ages. I didn't know you had an app, uh, uh, an app uh, um, a podcast. See how like my brain's not entirely there? Like I'm just making some mistakes and stuff because I'm a bit unwell. And so... Yeah, he was like, oh, how did I not know you had a podcast? And so now he's onto the audio version. I'm like, shit, maybe I've got to get better at sort of crossing these things over. But if you put these podcasts on your story, then other people are going to see them, and then hopefully they'll get some of this content and get in into the vortex of the Keep the Change content. Because I think we've got some tough times, and uh, I'm, I'm ready for the fight, and I'm going to do all I can to help you guys stay on top of that. And you know, collectively, I'm sure, we'll have some wins, and we can share that, and we can encourage other people, and we can go on to influence them. And... We can fucking meet up every now and then or bump cross paths and have a high five and be like, Mint, you know, you know when you got enough courage to ask for a pay rise because you read that email or you listen to that podcast. Like, how good is that? So, you know, rip into some of the stuff and use it to your advantage. Don't just consume it. Negative equity. 
is our Did You Know for the Week, and this has been talked about a bit before, and I think it's going to get talked about a bit more. What is negative equity? It's when the value of a mortgage exceeds the sale value of a property. If house prices continue to fall, we will hear more about this. So what this means is that, obviously, in the last quarters of uh 2021 house prices were really booming at their max and people have taken out mortgages but now house prices have fallen and for some people their mortgage is actually bigger than the value of the house now this is only really a problem if the banks say hey we want you know you you need to come and sort a portion of this out or people go to sell and they are effectively making a loss so yeah very very interesting we haven't seen much of this for a while um and I don't know what the, the big data on it is, but it's going to get bigger if house prices continue to fall. So watch this space. Rightio, I will leave you to it because I'm slurring the odd word and uh, struggling a little bit. But hopefully you'll respect the fact that I'm a little bit under the weather, but trying to get that out for you because I'm about to go do some work uh, out of Auckland for a couple of days and come back and keep cracking. I hope you're looking after yourselves out there. We're into August of the year now. Shit, this year is going quick. Keep thinking about things you can do to move the needle of your life forward. Just one thing at a time. I heard Sarah from the One Up Project say something awesome on her Instagram. Uh, it is the direction, uh, progress over perfection, or maybe I, sh- I shouldn't have even attempted that because I think I butchered it. I'm having a little with her next week, so I'll ask her what that saying is and correct it before next week's lesson. Be good out there. Look after each other. Fuck, turn the haters off. Turn the negativity off. Turn all the shit off and just figure out what you can do to make your life better and then go and inspire others to do the same. Be well.